a lot of people believe that the metaverse is just a ah, 3d world 3d platforms and so on no the metaverse is going to be a connecting tissue between the real and the digital with different degrees of reality Hello, welcome to the Chief Disruptor podcast. My name is Gabriel O'Brien, the Senior Research and Engagement Executive at Chief Disruptor. Welcome uh, to this series of podcasts that highlights and explores the disruptive strategies, mindsets and technologies taking place across blue chip organisations, startups, scale-ups and the public sector. Every other week, I'm joined by disruptors, innovators and changemakers from across our newly rebranded Chief Disruptor community. To join the community, visit chiefdisruptor.com. This week, I was joined by Nick Rosa, Metaverse Strategy and Extended Reality Lead at Accenture. Um, Nick has always had a passion for gaming and immersive experiences. Um, That even saw him as a student purchasing one of the first VR headsets. Uh, He then spent time honing expertise in digital transformation at Google, Spotify, IBM, Yahoo and Atari, and now he is helping organizations leverage the opportunities presented by one of the most disruptive technologies uh, and hype-fueled trends, the metaverse. Nick is also the director at the Academy of International Extended Reality and is soon to release his own book on the metaverse, Understanding the Metaverse, a Business and Ethical Guide. As always, we covered so much ground from definitions to foundations to driving forces behind the growth of the metaverse. We also analysed the scepticism and mystery that is present across business, media and the public domain. We highlighted the importance of addressing interoperability and provided some predictions for the future. You definitely want to stick around for one of them. As I'm sure you all agree, listening to Nick speak about his professional and personal passion is a real pleasure. If you're interested in some of the themes from this podcast, we have actually recently released an executive summary, Making Sense of the Metaverse. The report surveyed a number of senior business leaders from the Chief Disruptor community and provides a useful summary of the market perceptions and readiness for the metaverse. Visit chiefdisruptor.com forward slash making sense of the metaverse for more details. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, please follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Without further ado, let's crack on. Enjoy. Right, so Nick, uh, thanks so much for joining the Chief Disruptor podcast. How, How are you? I'm very good, Gabriel. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great having you on. Um, I think today we're going to have a super interesting chat about about the metaverse and and Web3. Um, I, th- I think to start with, um, I'd sort of like to start with you and your your own journey to working uh, in and around the metaverse. Um, sure. Obviously, now you're at Accenture, but before then, ha- how have you been interested in the metaverse? Well, it's interesting, Gabriel, because my my journey towards the metaverse is the interconnection of multiple passions and things that I've been doing in the past. Uh, I started my career while I still was at university writing for um, video game specialized magazines. Uh, And I was very passionate and still have very passionate about games. So I'm an hardcore gamer still nowadays. Um, My first job was for a video game publisher called Amphogram. Uh, that has been then rebranded as Atari. That's apparently um, maybe not many of you may remember, but was the uh, first uh, publisher of Unreal uh, in Europe uh, from uh, GT Interactive. 
and uh, that which is now the uh, Epic Games and Unreal Engine. Uh, and uh, Alone in the Dark was one of their games. I joined IBM uh, and uh, uh, their yeah. mobile team, uh, Apple IBM Alliance. And, and while I was there, obviously, uh, we're talking about 2015, uh, the VR technology started really, really exploding again. And as I purchased my first headset when I was 19, the VFX one from Forte Technologies, and yeah. we're talking about the late 90s, um, I, I, I said, okay, this is, this is the moment of taking back all of my passion related to gaming and 3D worlds and 3D engines, mix it together, obviously, with mobile technologies and mobile transformation, which basically was the uh, bread and butter of all the technology that was powering yeah. and fueling the, the devices that were coming out. Uh, and then Accenture called me and uh, uh, they said, we need somebody that's going to manage uh, all our uh, extended reality business for uh, UK in communication media and technology, which is a very peculiar sector uh, within Accenture that includes platforms, includes technology and consumer electronic companies, and uh, uh, some of the networking uh, companies that are also in the, in the field. Uh, and, and soon enough, basically after three months that I was there, uh, I discovered that there was a massive need of expertise on a European scale. Yeah. So I started managing not only the business in the UK, but all in Europe and not just for communication and technology, but all for, for all the verticals within Accenture. Yeah. And now I'm leading the, uh, the strategy for the metaverse in the Accenture Metaverse Continuum Business Group, which is this new group that has been created by Accenture in March that includes more than 3,500 people. Uh, so it's pro probably one of the largest uh, uh, metaverse teams in the world, probably the second largest after the one in Meta. Yeah, it's super, super exciting. I think there's a there's a lot of jealous people the other side of this. I, I guess I'd be interested. Did you did you always think that you'd be able to sort of combine your interest in gaming? And then obviously, when you're at IBM, you learned so much about digital transformation. Did you ever think, oh, I'm gonna be able to combine these two, you know, my professional life and my my personal interest in gaming? Did you ever think you'd be able to combine those two? I, I always been following my passion, uh, Gabriel. I'm a very, very, very lucky person because I designed my career based on what I like. Um, when I started working in the gaming industry, obviously it was because I was passionate about gaming. And then I moved to the entertainment industry because I was passionate about music uh, and I still am. I'm, I'm still producing music myself. And uh, I, um, I moved towards broadcasting, still music, Virgin Radio, yeah. Spotify, still music. Mobile was... Um, uh, was interesting because it was an emerging technology at the time and everybody knew that was going to change the world. The, the iPhone just came out, was 2007 when it came out. 2010 was the launch of the iPad in the UK when I started. Yeah. And, 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 you know, things were, were exploding and, and there was a lot of business and a lot of very interesting things to learn. Uh, and we've been doing a lot of very transformational apps, Barclays Premier League, but the, 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 my Vodafone, my O2, yeah. up, apps that are basically on everybody's phone right now. Um, and, and, and I learn a lot. And I learn a lot about the technology. I learn a lot about the, the project management and the product management of those applications. And IBM was obviously the, the you know, the... The, the, the logical next step because at NetMobile I was doing all the mobile strategy of their products and uh, when IBM called me to lead all their uh, digital transformation for mobile in um, in Europe obviously I was um, I was thrilled uh, by the idea of learning especially learning by uh, Apple uh, because yeah. basically Apple uh, is the one that formed me 
in user-centric design that was uh, essential at the time to do all the kind of strategy that we were doing. So I went to the Apple campus and I learned from the the, the user-centric designers that are at the Apple campus over there in Cupertino. And everything that I learned there is applied right now and everything that I'm doing in my work at Accenture. So if you think about it, immersive technologies and metaverse are probably the most uh, user-centric technology that uh, can, can, can exist because basically you are entering into a digital suit that is uh, uh, basically your second skin. You, you are working, you are living into a virtual world, but you're living this world with your all, with, with all your senses, most of your senses. So yeah. it's super important to design these experiences, thinking about the user, uh, at the center of this. Yeah. I think, I mean, it, it's crazy how sort of the, 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 um, the imperatives that are across business, sort of not, not metaverse businesses, but other businesses of user centricity is is where the metaverse lies. So I think that's a, a super interesting sort of um, sort of mirroring um, of business. I guess that sort of brings us quite nicely onto sort of, I guess the, the main part of this podcast around, you know, I think I really wanted to help people clarify, you know, what what is the metaverse? And uh, um, we recently um, published a report around making sense of the metaverse and we surveyed some of our members. And, and I think the thing, biggest takeaway we took about from that was, our members want to help separate the hype from reality. Yeah. Um, and, and, and why do you think there's so much um, sort of mystery and doubt and uncertainty around the metaverse? I believe that there's a, a sort, uh, there's a problem of definition. A lot of people don't understand that some terminology and some concept that surround the metaverse uh, need to be clarified and standardized in order to remove the ambiguity of the metaverse itself. Um, The metaverse, for example, just to give you an idea, um, many people around the world believe that the metaverse is just the top layer of the metaverse platforms of the 3D worlds. It's it's not like that. The metaverse is the evolution of the internet and the internet is not just websites. Also, there are people that are saying, oh, uh, this metaverse, that metaverse, the metaverses, there's no such thing as the metaverses because there's no such thing as the internets, right? So we are not talking about websites as internet, right? A website is a website and a metaverse platform is a metaverse platform. So we need to distinguish between metaverse platform and the metaverse. The metaverse is the whole infrastructure that is composed by the metaverse platforms, which is the front end and the layer that is connected to the user, but then you have identity system, you have payment system, you have networking, you have moderation, uh, you, you have all the infrastructure that keeps those servers alive, you have the 3D engines, you have the silicon, it's it's a very, very deep layer, and, and uh, um, the definition of the metaverse is basically an infrastructure that is the evolution of the internet that uh, is composed instead of normal 2D website by 3D worlds that are interconnected with each other. And uh, uh, each of those 3D worlds is massively scaled multiplayer. So um, it's possible to have multiple users thousands of users at the same time on those servers. And those users are able to move from one server to the other, retaining their identity, but also the assets that they purchase on all the different platforms. Does this exist? No, Uh, not yet. No, 
uh, at least. There are some things that are um, existing right now. Uh, so we have um, 3D platforms. Uh, we have uh, some of them, those platforms have identity systems. Uh, some of the plat those platforms support uh, assets and assets creation by the community and and uh, yeah. um, the, the, the the you know the, the purchase and the commerce of those assets. Uh, the metaverse is uh, heavily re related to user generated economy as well. So this yeah. is something that maybe we can cover later on. But there's no such thing as portability. So if I buy, for example, a, a, a bag on Roblox, I cannot bring it into Fortnite. And if I buy a, a hat into Fortnite, I cannot bring it into the central land and so on. So this is something that is being worked right now uh, by the Open Metaverse Alliance, by other kind yeah. of consortia. Uh, the Kronos Group is taking care of the you know technological part of the file definition and uh, the, the API and the standards, uh, while we have also other consortia like, for example the world economic forum that are looking about uh, looking after the um all the, the bits and pieces that are related to the governance which is also a very important part yeah. of what the metaverse uh has to become uh, yeah. because right now we have this blueprint in our brain uh, think about the moonshot that's Kennedy uh, uh, stated in his historic speech, we want to go to the moon and you want to go to the moon in 10 years from now, by, before the end of the, the, the 60s. Yeah. And, and, and he had this idea, it's a moonshot. Uh, at the same time, we, we have uh, this idea of the metaverse and it's a moonshot. Uh, companies like Meta uh, say that in 10 years from now, that vision will be realized, obviously with some compromises, probably. Uh, we have more or less clearly in our brain this idea of what is going to be uh, but we are we are designing it as we speak right now and there are some things like for example uh, data governance and privacy that are being defined right now you know anti-harassment rules all these kind of things that are super important and if you yeah. think about it the, the metaverse is by definition immersive and uh, as you're immersed in a uh, you know in, in a swimming pool Whenever you move your hand, uh, all the particles in the swimming pool create uh, ripples, right? And 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 in the metaverse, same thing. If you move your hand in the metaverse, your movement create data, and you can imagine the quantity and the quality of data, the intimate quality of data that can be generated for every user. This is uh, uh, deeply scary for yeah. everybody that is uh, you know concerned about privacy and and uh, uh, how those data are going to be used with the citizens. Uh, let's not forget that right now is uh, very, very possible and very likely to create fingerprints of uh, uh, user uh, thoughts and needs based on machine learning algorithms. How many times we've been thinking about buying something and then boom, we see the, an advert that yeah. comes on our Instagram or on our Facebook or other uh, social media platforms. Uh, th this is normal because there are predictive algorithms on or, or Amazon. Uh, let's not forget that Amazon right now is the biggest competitor in search uh, for Google. So yeah. uh, Amazon has the, one of the most refined search algorithms when it comes to uh, providing and feeding advertising for products to the consumers. Um, imagine this kind of algorithms fed with deep uh, data about consumers, uh, you know, emotional um, emotional analytics. So it's possible to analyze the emotional response of somebody that is looking at a particular kind of car in the metaverse, like a digital twin of the car. And yeah. then boom, you're served immediately with an advert of 
that car to purchase that car for a lower price, eventually taking in a loan and all these kinds of things. We don't want that. And at and, and the same time, you know, digital assistants are becoming more and more sophisticated in creating digital sales people, sales digital uh, uh, sales digital people uh, yeah. that are fed with the machine learning algorithms using that kind of data. Uh, it's it's a very real possibility. So in the future, we can have uh, uh, those kind of uh, digital gestures going around the world and trying to convince us about buying a house or buying a Gucci bag or buying a Rolex uh, or potentially to vote for a specific party uh, and, and change our mind in the way that we want to vote for somebody. Yeah. So it's important that all, the, all of this is looked after and the governance is tightly um, controlled. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think when I think about sort of the the, the governance and the um, sort of the, the scale of where the metaverse is, I think of my dad. I think of my dad who goes, no, that's a load of bollocks. That is a load of bollocks. There's no way that that's going to happen. Um you know, what, what do you, is there a generational thing that, that, you know, he, he didn't grow up with his data being um, a keen eye on. Um, how's, how will the generational gap be sort of addressed? Can it be addressed? Well, if you think about it, during the 90s, there was this uh, wave of news saying mobile is going to be the future. Uh, it was in the 90s. Uh, we were using our flip phones and our StarTax and our Nokia phones and so on. And, and, and they were saying, oh, we're all going to pay with our mobile phones. And we were saying, yeah, I mean, it's not going to happen for now. And, and now I barely bring my wallet when I'm, I'm out, even when I'm traveling. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's normal. I have my phone. I pay with my Apple Watch. It's, it's absolutely normal. And, 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 and this is the present. And we are... Obviously, 30 years in the future, but this is a reality. And, and the same thing is going to be the metaverse in the future. We, in the, we're going to see not only people in, uh, um, socializing and uh, uh, creating deep, meaningful connections in those 3D worlds, but also the, the most beautiful thing about the metaverse, which I believe that's probably the most important one, is that the metaverse is going to be a door for digital content to enter the real world. Yeah. Um, a lot of people believe that the metaverse is just ah, 3D worlds, 3D platforms, and so on. No, the metaverse is going to be a connecting tissue between the real and the digital with different degrees of reality. So you're going to have the fully digital immersive virtual reality experience where you put the headset on, you're locked out from the reality and so on. You're going to have the digital experience on your mobile phone or your laptop or your video game console like Fortnite or Roblox. Uh, you don't put on the headset, but you just play with the screen, um, which by the way, very likely in the future is going to be completely rendered in the cloud. So you don't even need a powerful computer to make it run, but it's going to be just run as a Netflix service or yeah. stay Google Stadia as you want. Uh, and, and, and then we're going to have those assets that we purchase on those platforms to bleed into the real world, along with other services that will bleed into the real world, thanks to augmented reality, which is very real even right now, thanks to our mobile phones, which is a very capable augmented reality device. Yeah. The only problem of the mobile phone is that the user experience is not great because you have to hold your phone. In, in, the, in the very near future, I believe in the next 10 years, five to 10 years maximum, the, the, the augmented reality glasses will become a reality and transformational use cases will come from those glasses. Imagine even just something that is massive for me, like remember everybody's name. 
uh, whenever I go to uh, a networking event or a meeting, it's it's difficult to remember everybody's name. Yeah. Uh, connecting the, the the LinkedIn app to your augmented reality glasses so you can see everybody's name, everybody's job title, eventually some analytics related to the people that you should talk to because they're the most important for the stuff that you do and stuff like that. I mean, these kind of use cases are transformational or like, I don't know, being able to read micro expression during a Tinder date of uh, the, 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 the person and the partner that you're dating with. So all, all these kind of things are highly transformational. Uh, there, there are also very, you know, questionable choices that can be made with data and information. Let's not forget that, you know, visual information is the one of the most effective way to provide information to the brain. So the, there, there's a lot of things that you can feed into the brain in, in real time to, 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 to visual information. There's a, a say that says that uh, an image is worth a thousand words. Now you close your eyes, how many words you need to, to, to describe the, 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 the world around you. Now you time that by 60, which is the minimum amount of frame that usually augmented reality glasses use. And then you have the amount of words that in one second you can fit in somebody's brain. So it's, it's a lot of information. And then we need to be careful in the way that we're going to design this. But the world will be painted with data. And this is probably the most exciting thing about the metaverse we're going to see. Uh, the, the world, the, the reality itself is going to change meaning. Uh, the, the, as, as right now, our world looks grim and uh, gray when we don't have our mobile phone with us because we're completely disconnected by the world. And when when we forget our mobile phone at home, we want to go back home to 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 get it because we don't want to mm. be disconnected by the community, by our friends, by our work, and so on. Imagine in the future where you're going to be able to change the color of the sky or to change people's faces to make them look as you want when you go out or to cancel people's faces because you don't want to see anybody or to just delete yeah. people from your background and stuff like this. This is this is, this is is all very real technology that is very likely that is going to arrive in the next 10 to 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, I think that 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 timeline is perhaps something that I'm going to I'm going to jump back to. But I think um, I mean, I, I was going to ask a question about what what is the business case of the metaverse? And I think you've gone for about 40 there in, in about 30 seconds. It's it's endless, is it? The, the business case of the metaverse. Uh, OK, there are two separate bits uh, of the metaverse, the one for enterprise and the one for consumers. A lot of people believe that they're two completely separate entities. At Accenture, we believe that are deeply intertwined, and that's why we called our business group the Metaverse Continuum Business Group. Uh, the use cases for the Metaverse start from the enterprise, from the product design. Most of the products are created with 3D files, with CAD files. Those CAD files can be used for um, design review, design approval, user acceptance testing, and, and, and eventually, once the product is defined and accepted, then you start upskilling your workforce in order to build a product. So you create uh, virtual reality and augmented reality training in order to upskill your employees to build the products. Yeah. And then when the, the employees are on the factory floor and they're building the product to make the, 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 their job even better, uh, you can help them with just-in-time training to reduce the, um, the, 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 the human error to zero and to fill that proficiency gap uh, that usually newly trained personnel have before they become 100% proficient using uh, augmented reality, just-in-time training and uh, assisted connected worker experiences. 
And after the product is built, what you can do is to create programmatically generated uh, 3D images from the same files for uh, e-stores uh, and car, uh, product configurators. Like for example, imagine car configurators that you have right now on the car dealership where you have the, the, the iPad and you can select the color of the cars and so on. You can generate programmatically generated videos of your car with the color that most matches the knee, the, 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 the favorite color of the user that is watching the video in that specific moment. And there's a, an, there are some nice pieces of work that have been made in a real engine with this kind of a, a use case. Uh, and then what you can do is to create marketing activation in the metaverse. And now we go towards the consumer side. Uh, uh, using the same 3D assets, you can create a digital twin of the car, you can create a virtual car and so on. And at the same time, what you can do is to connect your car to an NFT. Uh, why? Because in this way, first of all, the, the car uh, company can capitalize on second, third, and fourth hand market because NFT has redistribution of royalties whenever they are sold. So this means that, for example, if uh, um, a car a manufacturer wants to create a car and connect it to an NFT and decide that every time that that NFT is sold, the car manufacturer gets 5% or 10% of the sale. Uh, the, in this way, the car manufacturer can capitalize to second, third, and fourth, and fifth, and so on, hand markets, and yeah. hand market. Um, and this is incredible because if you think about the amount of money that's are completely untapped for the car manufacturer right now in that specific market, and, and I'm talking about car manufacturer, but can be even real estate. Imagine real estate and where the, the value of the property instead of going down goes up usually. That's a, a massive market. Now you say, why the consumer would need that? Well, if you connect a car to an NFT, what you can do is to connect each component of the car to that NFT. And you can make that if the components of the car are not genuine, for example, the car has been, uh, you know, pulled together in a chop shop from other parts of other cars that have been stolen. Uh, the car wouldn't even start, right? And and at the same time, if your car gets stolen, all the components will not be pulled. Will be um uh, will be impossible to pull them together for another car. Uh, so you can avoid your car to be stolen. And at the same way, the 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 the, the buyer that buys that car as an NFT can be informed about the amount of kilometers that that car run or if that car had some parts that have been changed or uh, i don't know if there's been an accident with that, that car so make a better informed decision about yeah. the value of the car itself so there are some meaningful upsides for for the consumer on that side and 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 obviously you can think about all post-sale support with augmented reality manuals that can tell you how to fix the car and all the different buttons on the dashboard and so on so the metaverse, all the metaverse technology is not just 3D worlds. It's 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 a, a, an ensemble of different technologies that go from blockchain to uh, augmented and virtual reality, 3D 3D data, and, and 3D a digital twin that can enable and unlock uh, an infinite number of use cases for yeah. any kind of business and any kind of vertical. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting and scary. <laughs> I just hear you talking now. I go. Phew. I've got to have some creative people to come up with these ideas. And I guess maybe that's one one of the first things that um, that a lot of people are asking is, well, what, what do I do first? You know, um, if when you go and speak to a, a CTO, a CIO, a, a CMO, what, what is the first thing that you tell them that this is what we need to do? 
Well, it depends by the pain point that they want to achieve, that they want to solve uh, and yeah. the business objective that they want to achieve. If it's like increasing productivity, there are some specific kind of use cases that can be applied uh, using metaverse technology. If it's increasing brand awareness, uh, especially when it comes to Gen Z and Gen, and, and Gen M, it's, it's, it's quite easy to, to think about uh, 3D worlds and promotion on platforms like Roblox, Fortnite, and so on. Um, it's, it, it depends by the use case that you want to tackle and, and the, the business objective that you want to reach and the pain point that you want to solve. Uh, usually the, the first thing that I ask them is let's do a workshop. Let's understand what do you want to achieve? And then it's possible to create use cases that are, can be then prioritized by impact and feasibility. The most impactful are the no brainers that you do immediately. The, the less impactful are the backlog that you do afterwards. Uh, and, but you keep all those ideas in mind, but it's important to avoid being too tactical in these kind of things. We are talking about the process of digital transformation here. And as every digital transformation process, you need a strategy. And the strategy is not just, okay, I'm going to buy some land on the central land and I'm going to build, I know, my, my, my land over there. And then what? You need to attract people. You need to create an experience. You need to get recurrent users. You need more new users all the time because otherwise your property is going to die. So you need to create a calendar of experiences and so on. So all of this requires some strategy. And and and, and that's why we are here to help for it at Accenture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, that that just made me think, you know, I'm I'm 23. I've just started work, really. Um, you know, is it is it worth me trying to hone my skills in 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 whether being a creative or um, being a, a dev in the in in the metaverse? Is it worth doing that from a from a professional perspective? I I believe that the metaverse is probably the biggest opportunity in digital after the arrival of cloud. Uh, we are seeing a true tectonic shift of competencies and interest from um, both from uh, employees and employers uh, towards the metaverse. Um, as I said before, the metaverse is an infrastructure and is a very deep infrastructure. We are talking about silicon, we're talking about networking, we're talking about 3D engines, we're talking about platforms, we're talking about identity blockchain, we're talking about user experience, we're talking about hardware, the, the business models, you, you name it. And, and, and the metaverse is not just about, okay, I'm going to learn Unity, I'm going to learn Unreal. It's not just that. Uh, th there are so many competencies that uh, can be um, super useful in order to design the, what is going to be the metaverse of the future. Because right now we have a sort of a blueprint, but we, we have to build it. And, and, and there are some gaps. There are some massive gaps. Um, one of the uh, Intel executives said that in order to achieve the vision of the metaverse as we have it, computer chips must be a thousand times more powerful. It's um, maybe it's a bold statement, but yeah. potentially kind of true. Uh, and if you think about, for example, the future of devices, devices need to be miniaturized. And to be to miniaturize the devices, you don't want to have like an Oculus, a Meta Quest 2 strapped on your face while you're walking on this, down the street. You want to have a pair of glasses that look like your Ray-Ban or like your normal uh, spectacles. And and you you know you want to walk down the street and you want to watch your your TV show while you're on the bus and so on, without anybody seeing it or without anybody mocking you because you have this massive thing on your face. So in order to miniaturize the technology, there's a problem that is related to the dissipation of heat. 
if you have a microchip that is super powerful, obviously you need to dissipate the, the, the kind of watts that are consumed by that chip in order to produce that power. And the dissipation requires uh, fans and otherwise you're gonna melt some people's face or, or you need a, a radiator to dissipate that heat. So there, there are some specific measurements per watt that any device needs to have in order to avoid melting down not only the device, but also the user's face. Yes. Uh, so the, what, what is the solution? The solution is to move the computing power from the device itself to the cloud. But in order to move the device, the, compu the, the computing power from the device itself to the cloud, what you need is a very fast network because the images processed need to be in a processed remotely and sent back to the user in an ultra low latency and very quickly. Uh, we are talking about less than 18, 15 milliseconds, uh, motion to photon. Motion, yeah. when I move your head, photon image hits my retina. Uh, and, and this right now is extremely ambitious and almost impossible with the networks that we have at the moment. People said that 5G is gonna solve this thing. 5G is not really here yet. The networks are you know, not exactly stable in terms of throughput and latency. And, and the ubiquity of 5G coverage is very questionable at the moment, uh, even in you know, first world country like the UK. Um, so we need new solutions, we need new ideas. So anybody that would like to you know, step in and get the challenge and you're in their hands, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is, this is gonna be very much needed in the future. We are building the, future, the next evolution of the internet. So yeah. new ideas and, and, and uh, uh, bold ideas are very much needed. Yeah, cool. I mean, maybe maybe a, a course or two for me to to, to go on. Maybe. Um, I think I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up, and I, I want to sort of um, push you for maybe a, li a little prediction. Um, I think you you spoke there about the technological limits currently. Um, we also spoke about the skills that perhaps are missing, um, and also I guess there's there's the consumer. Um, the consumer question as to when do they take up uh, and feel comfortable um what timeline what timeline do you think we're working to um for for a fully fledged um metaverse we're oh we're talking about something like ready player one L let's let, let's say okay um how many how many users of the metaverse have we got currently in the millions is it is it, it's in, it's the, in the millions it's in yeah. the millions at the so moment. what what about the first billion of people using the metaverse every day i think that's probably is going to be 10 maximum 15 years from now okay um there is a, um, a big gap that needs to be filled um and that big gap is going to enable not only uh, a, a massive adoption of the technology, but also a huge amount of business to happen, uh, which is the interoperability. Uh, if you're able to buy items and bring them with you, like right now you do in the real world, imagine the, the metaverse is like, for example, you go to a mall, you buy a beautiful bag or a beautiful backpack or a beautiful computer, and you can use it only in that mall. You cannot yeah. bring it at home with you or you cannot bring it to the office. So in the metaverse right now, in you know the, 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 
the part of the metaverse that we're living at the moment. So the, with all the disjoint and the disconnected platform from each other in the walled garden of the platforms, uh, you buy an item in Fortnite stays in Fortnite. You buy yeah. an item in Destiny, uh, the video game, uh, that stays there. You buy an item, uh, I don't know, in Mine Minecraft stays there. In the future, and that's what you know is going to make the economy of the metaverse boom and explode. Uh, you're going to be able to buy an item or something and, and bring it to another platform to show it to your friends and uh, you know uh, create your home uh, in in, uh, in one of the, the the lands available and invite your friends that are from other platforms to come and join you. You know th yeah. this is going to be the future of of the metaverse uh, until we realize and achieve this you know ideal scenario of interconnected worlds uh the, the metaverse is gonna you know is, is not gonna fulfill its full potential but you know I, i'm 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 pretty um optimistic that this is gonna happen in the next 10 years uh um, at least in in part with with yeah. some you know uh some compromises yeah yeah no, I mean, that sounds great. And uh, I mean, personally, I'm super excited about about watching it and researching it and uh, and learning about it. So um, and, and, and it's been so great to, to have you on uh, and to hear your your own insights and, uh, and expertise on it. So thanks so much, Nick, for joining us. Thank you so much, Gabriel. Thank you for having me. So that brings us to the conclusion of yet another episode of the Chiefs Disruptor podcast. Thanks once again to Nick. I'm sure you'll agree it was great to hear an insight into one of the most hype-fueled trends in business today. If you're interested in taking your first steps into the metaverse or want to know more about market perceptions and readiness, our recent report, Making Sense of the Metaverse, is a fantastic starting point. Visit chiefdisruptor.com forward slash making sense of the metaverse for more information. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to having you along next time.